Hello, I'm Mark, and this is the Fast Track Impact podcast, where we look at how researchers can become more productive and use their work to achieve real-world impacts. Today, I want to think specifically about some of the challenges and benefits of trying to generate impact as part of your PhD. Now, I did a fairly applied PhD myself, so it was quite natural for me to engage with impact as part of my work. But I know from experience that many others find this much more challenging. So I want to take a detailed and critical look at the challenges as well as the benefits of engaging with impact in your PhD. As an interview episode, I want to make room for my guest and don't want to make things too long, so I don't have a tip for you this week. But I want to unpack today's episode a little before we start. I was quite surprised, but I've actually found this a remarkably controversial topic as I've worked on this over the years. Many PhD supervisors really don't like me training students to generate impact from their work because they're worried that impact will just be a distraction from their students' research. Some PhD students have told me that it's not appropriate or even possible because PhDs are by their nature so short-term, so narrowly specialised, and there are so many other demands of students these days. So today, I want to focus on some of these challenges and think creatively with you about how you can achieve impact without compromising your PhD. I'm going to do this in conversation with my colleague and fellow Fast Track Impact trainer, Jenna Chubb, who I met a few weeks ago in my office in Newcastle University. And I'm very happy to report that she has now successfully passed her PhD viva. So here is my conversation with Dr. Jenna Chubb. I am privileged to be sitting here with Jan Trump. Uh, very welcome to you. Uh, I uh, am working with you uh, in a number of guises. Uh, one of the things that interests me most uh, about uh, your work is the work that you do uh, as a researcher on research impact and uh, trying to understand how processes where we evaluate impacts such as the research excellence framework in the UK um, uh, actually affect people's motivation and uh, and the various other behaviours that you end up getting uh, when you actually uh, uh, evaluate things in those kind of formal ways. So fascinating research, uh, but perhaps for another day. Um, the other way in which I work with you is is on fast track impact, of course, um, and uh, and some of the the, the trainings that, that you do with, with us, uh, and you particularly work with PhD students uh, in the training that we do. And I'm interested to hear a little bit more about uh, how you yourself engaged um, with stakeholders uh, with impact in your own PhD, and the kind of advice you give to PhD students when you're training uh, on how you can be an engaged PhD student and generate real-world impacts as part of the PhD process. So tell us a bit more about yourself to start with, Jen. Okay. Hi, Mark. Um, hey. So yeah, so I've kind of got a bit of a hybrid role, as you were saying. So I'm carrying out research at the Department of Education at the University of York, but also consulting for Fast Track Impact. And that's arising from the fact that for the last 10 years, I've worked at the uh, universities of Leeds and York uh, in a training capacity, uh, supporting research students and staff in the areas of research and innovation. And, and as that the agenda developed, uh, impact over time. Um, so, uh, but at the same time, I've been uh, carrying out my research, which has just uh, actually just been submitted recently. Uh, I'm having a viva in July, so fingers crossed for that. Hey, good luck. Um, thank you. 
Um, so my research has been looking very much, it actually arose from my training, I'd say. Uh, it, it's very much looking at some of the, the, the issues on the ground affecting researchers when it comes to articulating, performing and assessing impact, um, but at all stages of their careers uh, and across it, all of the disciplines. Um, and I'm specifically looking at some of the more philosophical or political effects on researchers, both in terms of their behaviours and, 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 and how uh, it affects their kind of identities within those disciplines that we're looking at. Um, and I'd say that in terms of um, thinking about engaging with impact when you're doing a PhD, mine was almost implicit because I, it was driven by practice. So I was inspired by something that I was in a training room and, and researchers were coming back at me with quite a lot of challenges saying, well, hang on, how does this, you know, how does this work for me if I'm a pure researcher? Uh, and I'm working on something very niche. How on earth can I talk about a pathway to impact? Uh, issues such as scientific freedom and, uh, you know, uh, questions of uh, values were, were being uh, sort of raised in training sessions. And I was sort of hit, and my background's philosophy, hit with these kind of philosophical dimensions quite early on. So my research was informed by the researchers on the ground telling me there were these issues. But then at the same time, I was sort of working alongside a lot of stakeholders in research because I happened to be working in research policy. So I naturally sort of linked up with organisations like National Centre for Public Engagement, uh, Research Councils UK, HEFGI, who look after the Research Excellence Framework, and talk to them about, well, what are you doing in this space? Because this is not comfortable for academics. This is not comfortable for researchers. So I'd say... I mean, I, I'm in a self-confessed, um, sort of uh, not applied researcher, but somebody who has got that problem-focused, challenge-led focus, I suppose. Um, and I respect that for some people it might not be easy to build it in, but it was, for me, built in a little bit from the outset. Because I suppose I wanted to change, not necessarily change policy, but uh, influence the debate around the policies that were being developed in the UK. At the same time, um, when I was developing my research ideas and my research questions and talking to both academics and these stakeholders, um, I was actually, again, sort of tangentially invited over to Australia to give some talks and some training um, over there who are at the same time developing research impact policies. Obviously, whilst I'm over there, you know, conversations get going. I actually ended up engaging with their Department of Business and Industry and having various conversations with them there behind the UK they don't want the same problems to uh, uh, face researchers that the UK has faced in some ways and they want to try and you know develop policies in a, in a finesse fashion so I've naturally made those links as I've gone along and I've kept those links now I know that in the in the blog where we were talking about research impact um, you know there are the challenges that that were raised by some of the sort of the the Twitter uh, responses are, are absolutely valid and I, and I can I can I can empathize with them very well about time and about supervisors impressions of impact all those types of things are very valid considerations but at the same time there are some easy wins that you can start with such as you know for example you know, I've uh, um, you know kept in touch with people and just giving them little bits of my literature review or something like that. Whether or not they read them, you you know, you can't guarantee guarantee a take up there. But that's something that you can start to say. Well, look, I've got something of interest. I don't have the findings for you right now, but this is something I think you will be interested. And developing lots of different uh, multiple points of contact within those organisations so that you have those, you know, those ongoing dialogues going on. 
Yeah, it's something that I've done as well. It's a, it's a real no-brainer that you want to provide people with benefits early on. Um, and in a PhD project, that's uh, challenging. Uh, in other projects, it is also challenging. You have to wait for a long time until you actually get the data and have the findings. You have something that you can say which is new. But at the same time, you are still on the cutting edge once you finish that literature review part of your PhD. Uh, and just bringing other people onto that cutting edge can be really valuable and, and give something back to them. Uh, you've alluded to the, some of the, the Twitter to comments, and I want to, to go through some of the critiques, some of the challenges that um, that PhD students typically face, uh, whether or not they're applied um, uh, or, or pure. Um, it can be easier or harder, can't it? But uh, we'll, we'll come to that. Tell me a little bit more about the, the benefits that that you perceive that you've gained from engaging with stakeholders in your PhD and some of the broader benefits for people's research, for their careers that people get um, when they do engage with impact as part of their PhD programme? Okay, so I mean, I think as somebody who's done a lot of skills development training, I, I think about impact in terms of obviously the kind of the the, the red tape that we need to sort of um, almost answer to, but then also the skills that underpin impact. And I think it's the skills that underpin impact as a PhD student, if you can get involved early, that will actually stand you in good stead in, in good stead, regardless of whether you end up being somebody who does impacty type things or whether you just are somebody who, you know, um, maybe doesn't even work in academia, actually goes out into industry or does some something completely different I guess what I'm getting at here is um you become a better you know it's not necessarily a word that I use a lot but you know you do become quite good at networking you build those relationships you build a rapport you learn to understand the the ways in which other people operate um I would say that it's actually my my impact activities um certainly the public engagement side of things that I've done has actually led to a better academic credential you know sort of my, my a, a, a building of my academic credentials as opposed to the other way around um so for example I've been able to collaborate with other academics who are far senior to myself in other areas because they've seen that particular pieces of my research are maybe timely or relevant. I have empirical data and they maybe have the theory, but together we can put, we can bring together something quite you know quite powerful academically and from the as impact as aspect. So I think um, it's building my collaborations academically and outside. It's 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 building networking skills as I say and, and, and it builds an empathy that will help you in a longer term to develop those relationships which should hopefully be sustainable longer term regardless of whether there's a benefit or not you know in terms of financial gain or whatever you want something that's actually just a relationship that develops um, so I think um, those things are very important I think other benefits are of course that you know you applying for postdocs they're all asking for impact now you know you go to an academic job interview they will ask you about impact you know they will ask you about collaboration these are things that develop off the back of impact um and so you know i was um you know asked very recently talk to me about your public engagement profile talk to me about your alt metrics score these are things that are now part of the parlance of being in academia and we have to get on board with it yeah, yeah, it's uh, challenging, but but equally a real opportunity, I think. Um, and it's funny, a lot of people talk about impact as something that distracts you from your PhD and that will therefore detract from it. And I've had the same experience, and very often for me, um, it's actually the, the questions that I get when I go outside the ivory tower, I get asked questions that are of a very different nature to the questions that my academic colleagues might ask me. 
Um, and they require me to think deeper and broader and very often across disciplinary silos. Uh, and as a result of that, I'm actually able to position the work that I do and the papers that then arise from that PhD work uh, in a much broader context that actually has greater impact and greater readership and more citations as a result of having gone through that process. Um, and, and certainly I know a number of people who have uh, actually ended up going down uh, career paths uh, after their PhD on the basis of the engagement that they did. They came in thinking, I'm going to be an academic. And actually, as they engage with policy or third sector or business or whatever, as part of their PhD process, they uh, began to actually see people in roles that they thought, you know what, I could do that. In fact, I'd be really good at that. And I would love to do that. And they found out about job opportunities that they wouldn't otherwise have had. And, uh, and amazingly, yeah, you end up going down a very different route as a result. Um, in terms of the, the, the critiques, um, a couple of things around timing that, that have come out um, uh, of, of the, the, the blog the, the two of us wrote um, for the Fast Track Impact blog on how you can fast track uh, impact into your PhD. Um, I think our emphasis, as always with Fast Track Impact, is about doing things time efficiently. And that is, of course, one of the biggest critiques of people saying, well, uh, if you look at the average impact, um, certainly as was submitted to our research excellence framework, you're looking 10, 15 years or more, uh, and you've got three years, uh, maybe a bit more if you're lucky, in a, in a PhD. Uh, but also the, the amount of time it takes. So I've uh, got a couple of quotes here, one from Claire Utman. Uh, Reinvent the wheel, cure the common coal, anything else you expect us to do in our temporary contract while we're at it. Uh, Hannah Carver, uh, you also need to finish your PhD, perhaps work part-time, as well as have a social life. Um, it's, it's a real problem. How do you fit impact generation into a PhD without it detracting or distracting? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I'm, as I say, I'm really sympathetic to this because I think that um, my message always would be to PhD students and uh, in terms of myself and then in terms of the teaching I've done over the last you know 10 years has been you know don't leave this room and say to your supervisor I've got to spend all my time doing impact now and Jen says that that's what I've got to do because they will kill me you know because really um, you, your, your focus is your thesis it absolutely is you know we, it's not about getting them to do everything reinvent the world you know as you say cure the common cold um, but I always suggest is that you know dip your toe in the water of impact. You know get get start to have those conversations, build the dialogue, some easy wins around public engagement, right in the conversation. You know just get into the habit of it. Um, the, the conversation being the uh, the, the web based. Yeah magazine news-based magazine that is yeah. edited by academics i believe yes. it gets picked up by a lot of ma mainstream media outlets yeah, yeah and it's got a lot of integrity they work with you so you know you can take away that fear of working with the media that they're going to exploit it they, they, you know they won't press go until you're absolutely happy with it um things like that um whilst at the same time you know i think we have to say you know no this you know your thesis should come first and but just try and identify some some easy wins. My PhD has been done part time while I've been working, and I'd say trying to have a social life as well. Um, yeah, you can't do everything. Some research will lend itself better to this. So, so as I said at the beginning, you know that's the caveat. I'm self confessed somebody who is inspired by uh, you know policy, um, you know wanting to influence policy, wanting to influence debate. Um, that's the nature of what I'm doing. I wholeheartedly, you know, I'll speak to my friends in music or I'll speak to my friends uh, in philosophy on a, who are looking at more theoretical aspects. And, you know, it's not, this is, that doesn't drive them, that isn't their main motivation. 
for them, perhaps this will be that much more of a challenge. But again, I still think that some of the broad things I've been saying about some of these early wins and kind of e- well easy wins um, are fulfilling and, and are achievable. And I think, but again, the supervisor is important here because as, as with my research, you know, and, and as is well, well understood, impact is not across the board, you know, loved. It's a bit of a Marmite thing, isn't it? And, uh, um, you know, you get a supervisor who's on board with you and thinks, you know, absolutely, you go and have, you go to that conference that IBM are going to be at, you know, I'm really interested in you engaging with the industry. Um, then you're, you're okay, you're on track. You get somebody who says, you know, absolutely not. This is, that's, you know, you're selling out. This is a, you know, it's a, it's a low esteem activity. You get somebody who has those opinions, which are valid within, you know, the, the certain context then, you know, you're going to be blocked from doing that. So there are, I think it's really important to recognise what those blockers are within your personal circumstances rather than seeing a generic kind of, you know, oh, this, there's no time for this. What, what, what is important to do as well, and I, I, just the final point is when you're planning, you know, when you're planning your PhD over those three or six years or however long it's going to be, if you're doing it part-time, whatever, is to, is to build in impact, you know, in your, you know, your Gantt chart to be very specific about it, you know the timeline and the milestones that you have written down in, a, in terms of your literature review development or whatever, you know, even just, I'm going to send an email to the Australian government, I'm going to send that, you know, that could be it, you know, or I'm going to write that conversation article, or I'm going to go down the corridor perhaps, you know, and talk to another discipline, you know, another researcher in a different discipline because I can't achieve impact, but they might be able to through working with me. That could be your impact pathway, and that's okay too. So I think there's something around just thinking it through. What does it look like to me? And then building it in in a reasonable way whilst acknowledging that that is not necessarily a primary focus. And for some academics, it never will be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the uh, the Fast Track Impact Planning Template that, that we use in our trainings, um, which is available for free uh, on our website, as an editable template is is one way in which you can start to think that that bit more structured about this kind of thing and for me as a phd student especially if you can do this at the beginning as you're saying although i think it's never too late um it is really valuable to actually think well in an ideal world what are the things that, that could change that i would love to see uh, people learn about or be inspired by or change um, and uh, and to then paint out what would be the activities that I would need to do with each of those groups to achieve those kinds of changes, those kinds of benefits. Uh, what are the resources I would need? How long might it take? How realistic is this? What are the risks, etc.? Uh, and what you can then do is you can work out, well, actually, okay, in an ideal world, that would be amazing. I don't have time. I don't have resources to do X, Y, and Z. But hey, here's one that's a quick one. Here's something that I could do. And I could do that myself. And I could do that quite easily. Great. Those other ones, like you say, who are the people down the corridor? Other PhD students within my cohort who have skills that I might be able to draw on, uh, other academics, other people that I know in my network who could actually help me to achieve this, where they have very similar goals, similar objectives. They want to achieve something similar to to me. Uh, And actually, uh, when you start thinking uh, systematically uh, about which of those ones you can't do yourself, but who could help you to achieve those, very often things come to you that that make it it actually possible. Uh, And you're not alone. You can work as a team with your supervisors, with others in your disciplinary network, with other PhD students. And and you can do swaps. So, hey, uh, I'm a native English speaker. Uh, For many of my my colleagues, 
just being able to give feedback on a policy brief, for example, as a native English speaker is hugely valuable. Um, and if one of my colleagues happens to be an amazing photographer and I want an amazing picture on the front, then hey, great, here we go. Uh, or maybe this is actually a joint policy brief we're, we're writing together. And, um, and in that way, we're beginning to pool expertise because this is one of the other things people complain about and, and say well I just I can't do this is I'm, I'm working on such a narrow thing as a PhD student you typically work on one narrow issue um, and and you ask yourself well how could that be relevant to anyone else who else would be interested in that uh, and if the answer is genuinely actually uh, just me and my supervisors and my mom mm-hmm. um, then uh, then then ask yourself well who could I work with to broaden this out to something that would be genuinely interesting and more relevant to other people well that's something actually because as I say I'm, my background's in philosophy and and a lot of I mean the arts I don't want to generalize about the disciplines because it's far more it's far more uh, nuanced than that but you know in the arts and humanities you know there is a sort of tendency to be um, sort of um, you know to find it difficult to think about how some theoretical or more abstract ideas might have um, some resonance in terms of societal relevance or, or economic relevance certainly um, but if you think about I can think of an example in philosophy, you know, people, philosophers working on issues of identity, you know, perhaps thinking, well, how does this, you know, sort of connect? And then working with biologists who are interested in genetics, you know, coming together, having some really interesting ideas, which might actually have some policy resonance at a late, later down the line. Um, and if it's only through those conversations that they'll work out where those ideas and where those kind of um, uh, issues kind of can, can be combined for those benefits to be realised. So... I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's about having those conversations. I think it's um, equally, though, you know, moving away from impact as a, as a term in and of itself and maybe just emphasising a little bit more around engagement, as you've just described, Mark, because really... Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the issues, a lot of the problems arise when people get too bogged down with thinking they have to change something, uh, and they have to affect something within a distinct time period. And I think in a PhD, if the, if if PhD students are associating impact and are saying right, you think about impact as as having to be within three years, and I'm not surprised they're concerned. But if they're, if if they're interpreting it as we think you need to start thinking about engagement that maybe later on down the line may start to have an effect, then I think that that shifts the nuance quite significantly, actually. And so we should be encouraging them to, you know, emphasise the activities, as you say, the benefits that they can bring, um, whilst acknowledging that those changes might not come for some time. Um, so there's there's some there's quite a lot of distinctions at, at, at play here. You know, ref is one thing, uh, going for a grant is another thing engagement is another thing and I think for PhD students really we should emphasize the, the engagement aspect and thinking through those kind of activities it might even just be a three-minute thesis competition which develops their skills in communicating their research to a lay audience to a number of school kids or you know uh, members of the public who who had no prior knowledge of their area something like that can then really springboard them into being somebody who's good at science communication and then, you know, then it comes from there. So for me, you know, it's, it's all a matter of, you know, just thinking through what those kind of steps look like as opposed to this end goal that everyone gets so preoccupied with, which, you know, is problematic. 
Yeah, I agree. I think, well, certainly when you and I are training with PhD students, we'll rarely even mention the Research Excellence Framework or, or RAF because it's not really a driver at that stage in, yeah. in your career. Um, but I think that, um, that very often we, we put these very instrumental definitions on impact. Uh, and uh, and if you define impact as you have to have seen a change, um, you know, a new policy, and that policy implemented, or whatever it is, um, a new product, uh, a new organisation that, that is now uh, tackling a, a problem that, that's, that you've identified in your research, it is unlikely in the context of a PhD. But there are other types of impact, and I think that uh, although there may be some kind of implicit hierarchy in exercises like RAF where things which are more instrumental might be valued more highly, uh, perhaps, than they ought, uh, there are uh, types of impact based around, for example, awareness building. Um, and the fact that you have a group of people now who are aware that there is a problem with their product, with their policy. You don't have the solution, they don't have the solution, but the fact that they know that there is going to be some unintended consequence, that has value in its own right and is important and is worth doing. Uh, more latent, perhaps hidden impacts, where you have uh, now a network of people who know each other, uh, who have shared skills with each other, and who now the next time disaster strikes will be able to pull together and actually adapt and cope with that disaster as a result of the networks, the connectivity, the skills that you have built through your PhD. Things like that are equally valid uh, conceptually uh, as impact, whether or not we might talk about them to the outside world. And, and I think we need to value that. And I think that these things are achievable within the context of a PhD. And when you do achieve them, the, 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 kind of the side effect of that is you get all these great skills in communication and confidence and public speaking, all this kind of stuff that actually are transferable into pretty much any career. I say one more thing, I mean, I think about, um, you know, I think a preoccupation that uh, thought that the impact has to come from face to face, which might be nice, you know, um, but of course, we've got now the social media platforms that would make a lot of this stuff so much more easy. You know, a lot of the sort of impact activities or, um, that I'm talking about actually come from you just sitting in the library, just banging off an email. You know, that takes no time. Um, you know, obviously, you can think it through before you write it. But things like Twitter, things that, you know, like I was talking about altmetrics and, you know, all these types of ways in which you can start to engage or get your name known. Um, you know, these are easy wins. The Parliament um, website, uh, which has, um, you know, uh, an email list that you can just literally type in your area of expertise and it will send you an email uh, every week and it'll say what um, inquiries are going on, if there's any select committees going on, if there's any government consultations that are in your area. You can then choose to respond if you want to. You know, those are the types of things I would suggest just just start to know what's going on in your area and you, you know, and that might not always be appropriate for some areas, but as you say, and there may be more nuanced ways in which you develop impact and that might just come from simply working across and within disciplines uh, to achieve that greater longer term goals but I think if you don't start to have those conversations and have that willingness then of course you know it does affect I think it affects the quality of what you're doing and in terms of moving on to have an academic career it can really I think of maybe it's not unfortunate I think we are at a place now where that, that is part of the academic contract um, and it's something we need to be able to at least have a you know an awareness of and and have some some experience of um, and so yeah I think it's a it's a multifaceted thing which is problematic and my research is living proof of that um, but I think it's something that if we just 
take some time to reflect on what is meaningful to us, as you say, you know, what kind of impact domain does make sense within my research? How do I go about maximising the opportunity for those individuals or groups to benefit from my work? Understanding they may not, they may not care, they may block it, they uh, may love it, <laughs> or they may completely uh, reject it for, for other reasons. But if you've made the attempts to uh, allow them the opportunity to benefit from it, then, you know, that's really all we can do in this context. And, and that then, as you say, develops those underpinning skills which could be useful in any walk of life. Yeah, uh, I guess for me, the, the take-home message for, for me is it's, it's worth giving it a try. You just got kind of dipping your toe in the water, seeing seeing how this goes. You, you don't have to have a grand plan. Um, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, no one's going to hit you over the head if you don't achieve everything that you set out to achieve. But uh, work out what would motivate you, what you would really feel is meaningful, is valuable, uh, and what you might be able to do. And you may well be surprised at how far you get um, and how motivational it is when you see those things happen. You see that that kid that you worked with, the, their eyes light up, that, that, that moment where they just suddenly understood something and they were inspired by what you were doing in that public engagement event. Um, I think that, that for me, as a PhD student, I think, as with many people, it was incredibly hard to, vote, to motivate myself at, at times. Uh, I think every PhD student, certainly, that, that I've met and supervised goes through these peaks and troughs. And it can be really hard to pick yourself up when, when it feels like things are going wrong, etc. Um, so uh, I think if we can uh, engage with impact, it can be a really nice kind of... Uh, kind of release valve uh, in terms of just getting away from your research for a moment, doing something different, um, and sometimes you get rewards on a much shorter time scale than you otherwise would have. So yeah. one thing as well is I think it's a very um, lightly valid Viva question as well. You know, mm-hmm. what's the relevance of your your research? So even if you just think about it in the terms of I've got to, you know, I want to get through this Viva, it would not be out of the question there. They want to know you've done an original piece of work. What's the relevance of it? You know, who who's you know who's going to be affected by this work? Or they may have ideas about the impact partners that you've never even thought of before. They might suggest it in the Viva if you thought about this. So I think even just reflecting on it from the perspective of <laughs> I want to pass my Viva. Yeah. Well, it has to be said, I've done a number of vivas in in my time, and every single one of them I have asked that question. That's why my last question. (laughs) I'm not sure if every external examiner does that, but I certainly do. Uh, We're going to leave it there, Jen. Thank you very much. So I really enjoyed my chat with Jen, and I hope that whether or not you are a PhD student, you've taken inspiration and ideas from this interview. Doing a PhD is hard, and generating impact is not mandatory for any of us, let alone if you are a PhD student. So if you feel like some of the people who reacted to my blog with Jen, uh, and this just feels like too much, then don't let me or Jen or anyone else put pressure on you to take on more than you want to do. I hope, however, that for some of you at least, you can see ways in which you can make your PhD more relevant to others and make more of a difference in ways that won't take you too long or distract from your research. And I hope that if you do try out some of the ideas that Jen and I discussed, you'll find new inspiration and become reinvigorated to pursue your research and start opening new doors for after your PhD that you might not have even known existed. For today's action, I'm going to be a bit selfish, so I hope you will bear with me. But today is the last episode in my second series. 
I have massively enjoyed recording these episodes each week and sharing these ideas with you. So I hope if you've enjoyed this as well, then you might do me a wee favour. One thing I'd love you to do this week is to share this podcast with someone else that you think might enjoy this. You can simply rate the podcast on iTunes as a simple way of making it more likely that others will find it. The more strong ratings that the show gets, the more people iTunes will automatically suggest it to. Alternatively, consider putting a link to the show on social media or email it to a colleague. It's fasttrackimpact.com forward slash podcast. Whatever you decide to do with what you've learned today and from this series, do it with passion, do it with conviction. And I cannot wait to hear the stories of the impacts that you achieve before I'm back with another series next year. Thank you.